PEDSPOD Series 1, an aid for the MRC-PCH clinical exam. Go! Hi, I'm Dr Nike, consultant paediatric gastroenterologist from the Royal London Hospital. Today we'll be talking about surgical scars and the abdomen. One of the best approaches is to think of the abdomen as five different areas. We can then take each individual area and consider the differential diagnoses. The five areas are left and right upper quadrant, left and right lower quadrant, and the fifth being the periumbilical area. Moving on to the left upper quadrant, the scars are nearly always transverse. If Immediately below the subcostal margin, one must always consider a left congenital diaphragmatic hernia. If a few centimetres below the costal margin, then one needs to consider a splenectomy scar. For example, in an Afro-Caribbean child due to sickle cell anemia, or in a Caucasian child, hereditary spherocytosis or similar hemolytic anemias. Shorter transverse scars two to three centimetres on the left would be consistent with a placement of a feeding tube or an open gastrostomy. Any short one centimetre scars, one needs to consider an abdominal drain, but please note these can be anywhere in the abdomen. As we move towards the midline, but still in the upper area, we need to consider surgical scar for pyloric stenosis, which is usually two to three centimeters following a Ramsted's operation. Moving on to the right upper quadrant, again, similar to the left, immediately below the subcostal margin would be a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. The majority of the scars, however, we need to consider hepatobiliary pathology. For the treatment of extrahepatic biliary atresia, the scar is usually 5 cm transverse following a cassi or a Rouen-Y operation. Although less common, children do have open cholecystectomy for gallstones. If there is a very long scar across the upper abdomen, possibly with a short zephysternal scar, this is consistent with a liver transplant and is often referred to as a Mercedes scar. Moving on to laparotomies, they are usually long, 8 to 10 centimetres, vertical or transverse, and will vary according to the age of the child and where the GI pathology actually is, be it upper GI, mid GI or lower bowel. Moving on to the umbilical region, the commonest scars are for that of repair of umbilical hernia or for laparoscopy scars and the number of laparoscopy scars will vary according to the number of ports used but is usually two. Although rare disorders presenting with an abdominal mass below the umbilical area, they are likely to just have a standard laparotomy scar. Moving on to the lower abdomen, in both groins, the transverse scars are consistent with repairs of either inguinal or femoral hernias, and it is often very difficult to distinguish the two, although 
Traditionally, femoral hernia repair scars are lower down towards the pelvic region. In the right iliac fossa, of course, the commonest scar is that following removal of appendix. However, don't forget that the majority of appendix nowadays are removed laparoscopically and therefore you need to consider other causes. The commonest one is likely to be Crohn's disease following limited resection. A transverse scar with a palpable mass underlying it is consistent with a transplanted kidney and of course can be on the left or right. Do bear in mind that if the transplant is done at a much younger age, the scar may well be vertical rather than transverse. Don't forget that scars on the back are part of the abdominal examination and as such shouldn't be forgotten. They are mostly related to renal pathology, nephrectomy and nephrostomies and are over the loin area. But don't forget the obvious scars over the spinal region which will be directly over the affected area. Remember this is just a guide and you should take 30 seconds before rushing into your examination and stick to the basics. Good luck. Thank you for listening.